This morning, we're going to do something just a little bit different. My wife and I are going to do a duet sermon. I'm sure it's been done before. I haven't seen it done in this church. So I think it would be kind of fun this morning to work together. This is a two-part series, The Potter's Hands. Now, I'm sure most of you know me. My name is Steve Hill. I'm the lay leader for the church, and this is my wife. And she's going to perform the sermon this morning physically as I give it to you orally. For some of you who are teachers, that's probably called a visual aid, isn't it? Something like that? Just a little bit of background information. Helen's been throwing things at me. I mean, she's, she's been throwing clay on the table for about 10 years now. My brother Mike got her interested in pottery. And Helen has had an excellent instructor in Dallas Shoesman, who is, does his thing at the Battle Creek Art Center. Some of his pieces have literally been bought and sold all around the world. Helen has really become very good at it, turned out many beautiful pieces, some a little scary, but all of them made from happy hands. As you can see all around the stage this morning, these are just a few examples of her talent. Here's a little information on clay. Since the first piece of clay fell into a fire and was transformed into a glass-like material, people have used clay for domestic wares, ritual tokens, and decorative items. The oldest known pottery fragments stem from the Hittite civilization from 1400 to 1200 BC. We've all heard of the Hittites in the Bible. Clay comes from the ground, usually in areas where streams and rivers once flowed. It is made from materials like plant life, animal life, and all the ingredients of soil. Over time, water pressure breaks up the remains of the flora and the fauna and the minerals, pulverizing them into very small particles. The larger particles are filtered out by the sand and the gravel, leaving silt to settle in beds of clay. The three most common types of clay are earthenware, stoneware, and kaolin. Earthware, or common clay, is a secondary clay that has been transported by moving water some distance. Because of its many impurities, it melts at a cooler temperature than other clay, so that's called low-fired clay. After firing, it is still porous, and unless glazed, it remains white or gray. Earthenware is commonly used in the making of terracotta pots, roofing tiles, and other low-fired objects. Where stoneware is hard and is a durable clay that is fired at temperatures between 21 and 2300 degrees. Stoneware is used for crocks and jugs and is now typically used in making dinnerware. But the purest clay is kaolin or china clay, called a primary clay because it is found closest to its source. Kaolin has few impurities and is the main ingredient used in making porcelain. It is a high-fired clay needing roughly 2,500 degrees to vitrify or turn the clay into glass. The potter's wheel was invented about 5,000 BT by the Sumerians, another biblical group. I'm sure that you've heard of them. God uses many images 
to describe his relationship to his people. He speaks of the shepherd and the sheep relationship, the husband and the wife relationship, and the father and his children, just to name a few. But all of these are wonderful, and they teach us many valuable lessons about life, ourselves, and the Lord. However, while we are like sheep, protected and provided for by the shepherd, and as a wife, we are loved without condition by the husband, and like children, we are constantly under the Father's loving care, there is another aspect of our lives that we need to factor in to this equation. Therefore, perhaps one of the greatest portraits of God and his people to be found in the Bible related to the matter of service is the picture of the potter and the clay. In these brief verses, we can see the plan of the heavenly potter on display. Let's take a few minutes this morning to look into these verses together and consider the subject, the potter's hands. In Jeremiah 18, 1-6, we read, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I shall announce my words to you. When I went down to the potter's house, there he was, making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel, as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as the potter does? Declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. This is a classic passage in the Bible where God reveals how he deals with human lives. God is the potter and we are the clay. We are on the wheel and God is shaping us into individual vessels that he wants us to become. We are literally clay in the potter's hands. God spends our entire lives trying to center the clay, trying to center us around him. No matter how far we get off center, his loving hands are always there trying to keep us from falling off the wheel, despite ourselves. God excels at taking old, worthless clay and transforming it by his grace into vessels of honor and glory. He takes those things that are so cracked, chipped, and completely ruined and turns them into vessels to further his kingdom as found in Ezekiel 16. After all, Jesus did not save us from our sins so that we could go to heaven and just avoid hell. He saves our souls that we might be actively engaged in his service here on earth. He saves our souls that we might be actively engaged even more than we are today or more than we were yesterday. Now, if we are to be his servants, we are going to need his power to get the job done. Never let the child of God think that he can do it on his own. John 15, 5 reads, 
I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. What this verse makes crystal clear is our dependence on Jesus Christ. This is, as it should be, a humbling thought. However, we often think of ourselves as much more than ordinary clay. In fact, sometimes we don't even think of ourselves as clay at all. We see ourselves in the role of the potter rather than the clay. The scripture I read in the beginning starts out with Jeremiah being sent to the potter's house where God will speak to him. So Jeremiah went down to the potter's house where he watched the potter work the clay on the wheel. We don't know how long Jeremiah was at the potter's house, but we do know that God did not speak to him right away. Jeremiah was given time to watch the potter for a while before God spoke. Jeremiah, who was apparently a patient man, watched and waited for God to speak. How many times have we found ourselves in a situation where God wants us to watch, wait, or just listen? Do we patiently observe what is happening in front of us? Do we wait for God to speak? Or do we get impatient while waiting for God? We just can't stand it. We have to do something to move things along, missing the opportunity to hear and see God's message for us. Have you ever done that? I know I have. How often have we missed the message or the word from God simply because we were in a hurry? Something very interesting happens when Jeremiah was waiting for God to speak. While Jeremiah watched, the vessel was never out of contact with the potter's hands. The potter's hands are in constant contact, molding, shaping, and bringing the clay along. However, the clay vessel was spoiled or ruined in the potter's hands. The vessel was not ruined by the potter, but rather by the imperfections in the clay. Helen has kneaded this clay. She's softened it. She's worked with it. She's got it ready. It looks good. It's nice and round. You don't see any perfections on this. But if we look at it just a little bit closer, we see that what we look good on the outside and we opened it up, here are the imperfections. Here's the flaws in our, mistake, our lives, our mistakes, some bad decisions. Let's think about that for just a moment. We are all imperfect. This is important because the Bible does not say the potter ruined or spoiled the clay. The clay became ruined while it was spinning in the potter's hands, but it was not ruined because of the potter's hands. It was ruined because of those imperfections in the clay. God is the potter, 
we are the clay. Even Job understood this. In Job 33, 6, we read, Behold, I am according to thy wish in God's stead. I also am formed out of clay. Job got it. He understood it. There are times when we, even with the best of care, the vessel still gets out of shape. We are growing in the grace of the Lord. Then all of a sudden, along comes a temptation or a trial. And for some reason or another, we are thrown off balance and we come marred in the potter's hands. Every turn of the wheel shows more and more blemishes as the clay is worked. Do you remember the flaws in the clay I just showed you a minute ago? Well, those flaws do not stay buried forever. They eventually come to the surface. After a while, this is what we look like on the inside. We look pretty good. Because we are really good at covering up the blemishes and the cracks in our lives. On the face, we look okay. But we're being held together temporarily with glue, a poor quality glue. Glue we manufactured ourselves. Glues of deceit, greed, self-righteousness, hatred, lies, shame, and disbelief. And the list goes on. But at some time, everything unravels. We fall apart. And this is what that looks like. Pieces of our life, they get shattered. Can you put this together? Do you have the strength, your own strength, to put all these pieces back together? It becomes evident that God cannot use that vessel. There are many people in this world that started out running well for the Lord, but along the way they got weak and out of balance in their lives. Before long, they were vessels of dishonor and not honor. They never planned it that way, but it happened just the same. So never think, never think it won't happen to you. The Bible is full with the wreckage of lives that began well and ended destroyed. It is also interesting to note that the potter did not throw away the ruined clay. It wasn't tossed out. The potter simply started over with the same lump of clay. The potter pounded that clay back into a lump and began the process again, hopefully removing some of the imperfections or flaws and mistakes out of the clay. The Bible gives the impression that the potter 
then shape the clay into a different vessel than before. The clay was remade into a vessel shaped by the potter's will. There are a couple things that I learned while preparing this service today. And I want to share them with you this morning. The clay is dependent upon the potter to be shaped. The clay did not pick the shape in which it was to be fashioned. The shape was picked by the potter simply because it pleased the potter to pick that particular shape. We often decide what we want to be, what we want to do, and come up with our own timetable that we want God to do it in. In other words, we want our will to be done, not God's will. The clay, however, has no say in what shape it will eventually take. The potter knows what he needs and what he wants and shapes the vessel accordingly as it pleases him. The potter shapes the clay, molds the clay. It does not shape or mold itself. The potter knows instantly when a problem arises, he senses the changing in the clay and begins taking whatever steps is necessary to correct the problem. The Lord works in the same way. There are times when we all are just cracked pots, damaged material, broken. Yet because he knows everything about us, because his hands rest on our lives, he is instantly aware when things are not as they should be. In that moment, he takes the necessary steps to get us back into usable condition. Never think for a second that you are going to hide everything from the Lord. You're not that smart. You're not that clever. He sees it all. He knows what's in your heart. The patience of the potter never ends. There are many times along the way that I look back at myself and saw myself deformed, misshapen, and flawed while on the potter's wheel. At those times, he lovingly pressed upon me with his hands and began the process again and again and again. I'm sure he had his hands full with me and probably with some of you. The process is not always pleasant. There are many times when the Lord has to bring his chastisement into our lives. He does this because he loves us and he wants the best in our lives. However, it is not a pleasant thing when the Lord has to press down upon us hard. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes it's not for us to understand. Does this sound familiar? Has this happened in your life? At that point, were you pounded back into a lump so that the potter could start over? Did God remove some more of your impurities? Clay is not to have a will of its own. Only the potter's will is important. Here's another point. The clay cannot stop the wheel, can't stop it from spinning and just get off. 
All of us at one time or another has wanted to stop the wheel from spinning and get off, make the world go away. But none of us, not one of us, has been successful yet. We often forget that God is in control of the wheel. He not only makes the wheel spin, He determines at what speed it's going to spin. When we're on the wheel being shaped, God is in complete control. We need to learn to trust the potter, for he is making us into the vessels of his design for his purpose to do his work. While we were on the wheel, we do not know what the outcome will be. We don't know how long it'll take. We must trust the potter. We must trust him completely and totally. And unfortunately, this is often a very difficult thing to do. It becomes a question of sovereignty. God's sovereignty. Here's my definition of sovereignty. God is God, and we are not. It's that simple. What this means is God is the one that shapes the clay, and only God is the one that shapes the clay. Clay shaped by the potter becomes a useful vessel. It becomes a vessel useful for the master's purpose, and we all have a purpose, a reason why we are here on this earth. Everything God does in our lives, he does to make us dependent on him. This is simple yet a profound truth. Just as the clay is dependent upon the potter to be shaped, so also are we dependent upon God to be shaped if we let him. Romans chapter 8 reveals that we are being shaped into the image of Jesus. When we go through a crisis in life, God uses it to shape and mold us. Sometimes he has to pound us into a lump and start again. But it is God who is in control. He desires to make us vessels useful for his own purpose. Let us view the potter's wheel as a time of opportunity. It is a time to grow. It is a time to be shaped into a useful vessel. In conclusion, as you fly around the wheels of life, are you confident that God's will is being done in your life as it should be? Can you sense the hands of the heavenly potter patiently, lovingly molding your life into his image? If you are a vessel that is refusing to yield your life here and there, there is no better time than the present than to take care of that need. Will you allow him to work his will in your life so that you can be a vessel of honor and glory unto the Lord? If you have never been saved by God's grace, you need to know that God loves you and that he will save you if you let him in, if you open your heart. He will not always, or we will not always be on the potter's wheel. The time always comes when the potter is finished shaping the clay. The vessel is then put into service. 
All of us lumps of clay should look forward to the time when we are put into service by the potter to do the will of the potter. The potter always knows what the finished product will be. God is in control. Let the wheel spin. Let his hands shape this lump of clay into something beautiful because God does not make any junk. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, come into our lives and mold us, shape us. Help us to be the vessel that you want us to be, to fulfill your purpose for our lives. Take this burden away. Put your hands around us. Hold us firm. In Jesus' name, amen.